you know, the senior officials at the FBI are corrupt. But even they can't outrun the laws of supply and demands. The party demands that white supremacist domestic terror be the number one problem in the United States, except there's not enough supply. So what's a corruptocrat to do? Well, you turn to, to, to counterfeiters. No, not money. You just counterfeit up some fake domestic terror. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Bonefrog.us. That's the website to use to get your Bonefrog coffee. It's what we drink on the show. Our friend Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management's brought it into his office. It's the official coffee. But make sure you use the .us, please. That way... Tim, the CEO at Bonefrog, knows it's us coming to call, and we know the same. It's bonefrog.us. I will confess something to you, as I often do. I began recording this and took a, a tone that just exhausted me. Honestly, I, I popped out of the studio and sat down in the uh, old man easy chair, and and just I was I told my wife, "Man, I'm struggling." And I actually went and took a second nap for the day. Don't judge. Naps are healthy things. You don't overdo it. Like, you know, fall asleep for the weekend in Delaware like the figurehead. Just a nap. And then it occurred to me. Of course, I'm taking the, I was taking the wrong view of all this. This is a continuing unveiling of the schemes of the wicked. It's beautiful news if we use it properly. And one of the biggest almost truths in the world, almost true, is that information is power. It's not. Gasoline is not power. It is potential power until it's put to use. At that point, yes, it's power is potentialized. Information is potential power. I've limited my thinking around this, this hour or so of podcasting to two gentlemen on the Republican side, Donald John Trump, President Trump, and Governor Ron DeSantis. And the reason I've done that is I don't know that there are other Republicans, maybe, maybe Ted Cruz, who could go run a presidential campaign and then turn around and do what must be done with the FBI. Now I could be giving it short shrift. I mean, Jim Jordan's all over this. I just don't know that Jim Jordan can run for president. He can run. I don't know that he can be president. Uh, Ron DeSantis, I think can president Trump most certainly can. He's done it once. He can do it again. If they can make it through the election meddling, that the FBI does. And the FBI, of course, they meddled in elections. They meddled in the last election with Hunter Biden. 
and with the <laughs> the pretend kidnapping, uh, the, the hoax in Michigan, which was the perfect instance of them not having enough domestic terrorists, so they manufactured some. They they meddled the election then. They meddled against President Trump versus uh, Hillary Clinton. They that's famous meddling. It's it's the biggest coup attempt in history, and it was right out in the open. And they continue to meddle societally. Uh, it's 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 a beautiful unveiling. And rather than be cynical about it, so it's easy to be cynical. Uh, we should be just thanking the Lord that we're handing to President Trump or Ron DeSantis an opportunity to truly help topple this pseudo-Pharisean bureaucracy of bosses at the FBI. And frankly, in my judgment, if you just went through and fired the bosses at the FBI and gave a lot of the middle managers raises, you might find within there a whole bunch of godly people who recognize this stink of corruption and yet they can't get out because their pensions and their entire lives are tied to this. And some people are not willing to pay that cost. Others are. We'll talk about some people who are willing to pay that cost. All of this was precipitated by two straight days of revelations around the FBI. We had Chuck Grassley uh, in, come out with a, a, a whistleblower who's detailed how the FBI and DJ, uh, DOJ sought to discredit information on Hunter Biden. The election began, or that effort began before the 2020 election. No kidding. That was one day. The very day after that, Jim Jordan came out with news of another, another whistleblower who said that the DOJ and the FBI under the hapless and sad Merrick Garland and he is a sad man. I, I just take pause to think about what a sad man he is. He is a sad little man. Uh, Merrick Garland and the DOJ uh, have been pressuring field agencies to, to reclassify things as domestic terror. Jordan writes, we've received accusations that FBI agents are bolstering the numbers of cases of domestic terror domestic violence entities to satisfy their superiors. For example, one whistleblower explained that because agents are not finding enough of these cases, they're encouraged and incentivized to reclassify cases. <laughs> oh, it's domestic terrorism. Even though there's minimal circumstantial evidence to support the reclassification. Another whistleblower who led at least one high-profile domestic terrorism investigation stated that a field office counterterrorism assistant special agent in charge and the FBI's director of counterterrorism division have pressured agents to move cases into the domestic terror category, which they call DVE, to hit self-created performance metrics. This is the same thing they did with the COVID flu. They paid for COVID cases. So malfeasance, corrupt, greedy, scheming, uh, wicked doers in, in this so-called healthcare world found them some, some COVID. That's why your kid walking in or, you know, limping in to a hospital because she sprained her ankle playing the soccer ball 
ended up getting a COVID test. Oh, look, she's a COVID patient. Cha-ching. <laughs> the FBI did the same thing. We'll, we'll, we will incentivize you, pop you out a bonus, some stock, baby, for finding domestic terror cases. These whistleblowers allege that the FBI is padding its domestic violence extremist data. There you go. DVE, domestic violence extremist data. Cheapens actual examples of, of, of violent extremism. Yeah, 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 thank. Even, <laughs> this is so remarkable. Uh, even the FBI. <laughs> Pardon me, even the ACLU has said, so probably not a great idea. To have the uh, the party invent uh, domestic terror cases where they don't exist. See, when I sat down to record this earlier, I I, I just I gave into despair, and I'm I went mentally searching through the Bible where God says, "Go, you know what? You should you should spend some time lounging in your despair. You should do that. Just luxuriate in your depression for a little while." Now, that's not to say that people don't get depressed. Everybody gets depressed. Some people struggle with that quite often. But there's no serotonin imbalance. We talked about that last week. Biggest scandal that's, that's you notice how that, it's so funny. The, uh, the Mockingbird media doesn't seem to care about that. But if, if you manufacture a, a facial cream that was to, to rid people of wrinkles and it didn't, you better believe the Mockingbirds would be all over that. So Jim Jordan, Chuck Grassley, they continue to surface these things that are, are happening. And Richard Grinnell, who has been uh, the national security advisor for President Trump, was asked about politics at the FBI. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Politics at the FBI yeah. is a very real problem. This is just the latest example where let's give kudos to uh, Congressman Jordan for putting this all together and catching them. There's going to be three or four or five different instances where we can finger the FBI's uh, leadership yeah. in manipulating for politics what they do and what the focus is. Let me be very clear though, Rob because I had my own run-ins with the FBI as Director of National Intelligence when mm -hmm. it came to how they over-classified information to protect the Steele dossier, even though we knew that it was phony. I went into the Department of Justice. I demanded that I meet directly with the FBI agents who classified this information. I looked them in the eye and I told them this is not uh, information that should be classified. This is not a source or this is not a method. They looked at me and they said, we agree with you. We didn't do that. Our superiors did. Our bosses did. Yeah. This is part of the problem. The mid-level of the FBI, they are good people. The FBI agents, they are good people. They're trying to do their work. They are being literally um, railroaded by the leadership of the FBI, we need to clean house at the top. Everybody knows this. The FBI uh, agents themselves know this. National Intelligence Advisor, pardon me, Richard Grinnell was on Newsmax TV. And it's it just, it goes to show what's the incentive for the FBI at the top? Where are they getting their bonuses? 
they're getting their bonuses to steer the country in one direction, which is towards totalitarian control. I'll say again, which side of the political spectrum, or no, let me say it this way, which side of the spiritual spectrum is pro-choice and pro-responsibility? Well, one, it, that's and, and that's the side of God because the Lord through Christ and, and the Holy Spirit give us choice and give us full information. Here's all the information. Here's the tree. Don't eat from that tree. Here's a set of, of, of rules and, and a modeling on how to live. Here it is. This is what to do. The other side lies and contrives and steals and fabricates and schemes and murders and and pollutes and perverts. What are we looking at in a national government? What do they serve? Now, I'm not saying that, that Chris Ray is a Satanist. I'm not. But he's not serving the Lord. And you don't need to be a Satanist to be doing Satan's will, just like you don't need to be a leftist to be doing the leftist will. If you have strapped your kids all up in the face diapers and you're willing to do it again, you're doing the leftist bidding. If you have decided to hate your neighbor because they put their kids, or if you haven't decided, but you've fallen into hatred for your neighbor because they put their kids in face diapers, well, then you're doing the will of the enemy. But this is all being revealed. So if President Trump and Donald Trump, uh, pardon me, President Trump and Ron DeSantis get into office, it has to be an absolute all-out everyday affair of bringing these people in under oath. And there's a way I would begin to question these guys. And this is making the rounds as well as we talk about the FBI. Their role in January 6th, is, it's going to be absolutely buried unless Trump or DeSantis wins and they take this on. I don't know that DeSantis will take it on. President Trump will, which is one of the reasons they're trying to make it illegal for him to be president by saying that he foisted an insurrection upon the country. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to outlaw him running for president. And incidentally, just a quick note, an asterisk to the party members. If you outlaw President Trump uh, running for office, you're going to get the domestic violence you think you want. That's not, I'm not threatening it because I'm not going to supply it. That's not, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm telling you, you outlaw Trump running for office. There's areas of this country then where Trump will always be president. Hear me on this. I, I live up the, uh, up the path from a whole bunch of people who right now Trump is their president. You outlaw him running again, he'll always be their president. You want the permanent divorce, you'll get the permanent divorce. But I don't know that you even understand what you really want. The media continues to say and slip this into the vernacular of January 6th that President Trump failed to order National Guard troops to guard the Capitol. President Trump can't do that. We don't allow presidents to order the National Guard to do things. He can authorize the troops but then the jurisdictional entity has to request the troops. Case in point, when Antifa was allowed to take over six blocks of Seattle and rape and murder and vandalize and beat and blackmail and steal and walk away with a billion dollars of your money, 
President Trump had offered up, hey, I'll authorize the National Guard. Nope, nope, no thanks. We don't want it. This is what we want them to do. And this has now made it into the halls of Congress. And there's been a whole bunch of questions around this. Representative Dan Bishop asked questions of an FBI agent named Matthew G. Olson. The evidence that the jury heard mostly in text messages and testimony of agents and informants of the FBI was that the FBI did not discover an existing scheme and take the plot, you know, collect evidence and take down plotters. Instead, the FBI appears to have contrived the plot, used its informants to draw people into the plot, and uh, provided logistical and financial so- support to what was in effect an FBI operation. And uh, the board behind me details just some of the resources that were devoted to the op. You had a lead informant, a guy named Big Dan, who was paid $54,000 over six months to pretend to lead a fake militia to recruit really disadvantaged and unstable men from a Facebook discussion group. Sort of, well, one of them was living in the cellar of a vacuum repair shop. Uh, FBI paid travel expenses for people involved, food, even alcoholic beverages to take the targeted folks to a militia conference out of state. There were more than a dozen FBI informants involved in the process, undercover FBI agent, uh, several of them, one one of whom taught, purported to teach how to make a bomb and used a a bomb video produced by the FBI. At one point, according to New York Times, there was a nighttime surveillance at Governor Whitmer's vacation cabin and four of the participants were informants, including Big Dan or undercover agents. At one point when the group was sort of falling apart, In August 2020, the FBI handler congratulated Big Dan, said, quote, look at you bringing people together. Now, they congratulated him for breathing new life into the plot. Um, Not as well known, the same FBI agent, Jason Chambers, coached Big Dan in a parallel scheme to recruit folks into a contrived plot against former Virginia Governor Northam. And at one point, he's asked by Big Dan how to couch the plan to one of the recruits and Chambers wrote, quote, mission is to kill the governor specifically. So I, again, now that, that's the evidence I understand from the trial. Don't know that it's a complete uh, sampling of it, Mr. Attorney General. But is that the kind of conduct that DOJ and FBI are engaged in in pursuing domestic terrorism matters? So I'm sure you can appreciate that case, um, as you know, involves defendants charged with kidnapping the governor of Michigan. It's an ongoing case. The judge has ordered uh, a retrial. Um, and that retrial is set. Um, given that it's an ongoing case, I simply can't comment on any of the questions you've asked. Well, it's not ongoing as to two defendants. They've been acquitted by a jury. Uh, I understand that DOJ has decided to retry two other defendants, uh, but the evidence is what the evidence has been. That's been public. There's been uh, uh, media stories written about it across the ideological spectrum. It's not like this is some kind of right-wing uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, notion. Don't those revolution, uh, revelations impair the credibility of the FBI, which you said earlier was is very important? Yeah, in that case, is the judge has ordered that that case be retried. It's an ongoing matter, and I can't comment further. The judge has agreed to retry the case. The DOJ asked for that. He didn't order it. So how do you question um, someone who intends to snake through questions like that? Make the questioning about something different. 
Make it about something he can't avoid answering without looking more like a clown and a liar because he sounds like a clown and a liar. There is not a day that goes by in our lifetime where we don't have the opportunity to, to just change course. And I know because, look, it's been in my heart. I've shared with you, I have not been as good in a financial steward. I've not. I've, I've, I've made, there's been years where I've made over a million dollars. And not every year. Where is that money? Well, a lot of it's, in my case, tied up in property. And that's a decision. But I've not been wise. And I have not been a good steward of God's money. It eats at me. And the Lord is anxious to forgive us for things like that. Now, I work with, and as you know, he comes on the show every Friday, Zach Abraham from Bulwark Capital Management. I feel so much better about this. And it's honestly, part of it is, a big part of it is because of how Bulwark Capital Management works, how they focus on risk management because I'm in my mid-50s. And you may be in the same position, but the, the decision that some people will make, and I, I get this, is you stop looking at things. Like, for instance, um, it, when some, some people put a lot of unwanted fat in their bodies, they stop looking at their bodies. They stop looking. And they try to make the problem sort of disappear in that way. Or people don't talk about troubles in marriage. Just, if we don't talk about it. Well, if you are in this position where you, your gut bothers you because you've not been a good financial steward, be the steward you can be now. You know, it's not uncommon for people in their mid-50s or, or, or 40s or even late 50s to call board capital management and say, all I've got is like six or, you know, five or $600,000. What do I do? And Zach can say, hey, you know what? You could retire fine. You got to start now. And if you don't start now, a year from now, you'll be thinking through the same thing. And there's also this, some people will get in the position of, man, I, I, it, it took me a long time to say, I've not been a good financial steward. It's embarrassing, right? We as fathers and, and, and I think as men want to be the perfect people, but we're not. So part of it is people are afraid to say, oh yeah, here's how much I have. Look, there's plenty of high, port, high value portfolios at Bulwark Capital Management. There's also plenty of people like us. And so call Bulwark Capital Management. They're at 866-779-RISK. And when you're talking to them, know that about 90 to 95% of Zach Abraham's own personal wealth is tied up in, in Bulwark Capital Management. That's right. He has the ultimate skin in the game. It's 866-779-RISK. Risk management strategy to protect your retirement and get you there. You can also go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor, representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. So how do you question a guy who intends to snake through questions like this? Well, President Trump and Ron DeSantis are going to need to sit down with the Republicans if one of them becomes president or both of them in the unlikely event. They, they, they agree to run together, become a president and vice president. The questioning starts like this. It starts with, with Agent Matthew G. Olson. Agent, thank you for doing your duty. You were told to show up today. You, you, you were told by Congress to come in. Um, thank you for doing your duty to come in here as you were told to do. 
Now, right off the bat, I want to politely establish the chain of dominance. Not in a personal sense, not in a sense to bully, because the Lord's very specific. We are not to take leadership positions and lord them over people. That's not what we're to do, but we're also to respect legitimate authority. And when authority is illegitimate, such as is happening with the FBI, they're making themselves illegitimate authorities. They create a circumstance where, from my judgment, reading Romans 13, ah, you know what? You guys have become illegitimate and you're liars and I'm not going to follow your lies. So it begins with the proper dominance, the proper pecking order. You are told to come and respond to Congress. And then the questioning for me would go like this, um, Mr. Olson. And you need to team up with Republicans to do this because everybody wants to get the a hit on the guy. Everyone wants the viral question, the question that goes viral or, or everyone wants the glory shot. They want that. So you need to work with them and they need to have some humility. Some people start the question like this, um, Mr. Olson, Agent Olson, where did you, uh, where did you receive your college degree? Um, Congressman, I received a degree uh, undergrad at uh, Georgetown and graduate school at NYU. Um, what was your graduate degree in political science? Thank you. Um, you studied political science. You're a graduate in that. What is the, um, what is the job of Congress as relates to bureaucratic agencies like the FBI? Are, are, let me ask it this way. Are, are, is Congress and the FBI, are we equal in terms of authority. And if he wants to lie and say we're equal and they're not, because then you can go back to the constitution and point this out and the foundation of all these alphabet soup agencies. And you could point out that, no, we created you. Yes, you may work for the executive branch, but you also are undergo oversight from us. And then you get to the point of what is oversight agent? How do you, uh, how do you describe congressional oversight? What is our job here? What is, what is Congress's job in oversight? And he may say something along the lines of, well, that is the job of Congress to answer. Yes, it is. Yes, thank you very much for recognizing that it is our job to decide what oversight is. Thank you for, again, for being honest. Let me pass off to one of your colleagues. Agent Olson, uh, Representative Herman from the great state of Idaho, uh, had established with you in this back and forth that you understand our role as oversight. Um, today, I want to ask an oversight question about the trial in Michigan, uh, about the kidnapping. Um, Agent Olson, is that an ongoing case? Yes, it is. Um, are you authorized to speak um, about anything related to ongoing cases? No, I am not. I see. Why is that? Well, I, I would be speculating, but uh, we the, the, the tradition at the FBI is we don't speak about ongoing cases. I see. How long has that case been going on? Uh, well, <clears throat> Congressman, the, the case began about three years ago. Okay. Has it been through a trial? Yes, it has. Is, is in fact, some of, the, uh, some of the defendants have been acquitted. Others, the DOJ has asked for a retrial. Is that correct? Yes. Does the DOJ intend the FBI intend to spring brand new evidence into these, into these proceedings? Do you intend to do that? See, what you're setting up here is you don't get to do that. You don't get to bring exculpatory. You don't, you don't get to spring new evidence at this point. You are, unless it comes to you and you can legitimately show that you just got this evidence, you don't get to do that. You don't get to hold it in your back pocket. 
until the retrial comes. That, that, you, you don't get to do that. You don't get to hide it from the defense. That's illegal. They get discovery. They get to see. They get to look at what you have in, in terms of, of being able to prosecute them. You're setting that up. So is your story going to change? Is the FBI intending to change its story in this retrial? So what you're getting to the point of is proving to not, not, not him, not the people who want the FBI to be a political entity, to everybody else watching. You have no reason to not comment on this. There's nothing that you can introduce legally at a point now that's not going to get you in court problems because you haven't introduced it here to four. So now you get to lean back on when he says, well, as a tradition, um, it is it is the policy of the FBI. Um, we had just established with, with Representative Herman from the great state of Idaho that we have oversight. You had just said that we, the Congress, have oversight over you and that we, the Congress, bear have more authority than you do. You came here because we told you to. I am telling you that as a rep, an elected representative of the people of the state of whatever state I'm pretending to be from, I am asking you this information. A, a congressional committee is asking you this. I honestly don't care about the traditions of the FBI. I want to get to the bottom of this with every legal means. You can't change your story in court unless you can prove that this new evidence landed in your lap. You can't present new evidence. You're simply going to try and get another result out of a trial with a different jury. That's what you're going to do. We're both lawyers. We both understand that game. That's what you're going to attempt to do is to present the case in a different way to a different jury and hope to get a different result. It, it, it borders on double jeopardy agent. So again, my question, who's in charge here? Who's providing the oversight? And what you're trying to show is show people we're the elected representatives and they are not. And they're the ones who are speaking against us. And then you bring the turn card. You shift over to the next uh, next representative. Agent, thank you for doing your duty, as my, my colleagues have said. Um, Agent, what, what election did you win to get the job you have today? Um, Madam Congressman, I'm not an elected official. No, you are not, are you? Are you? What, what? Who is your constituency? Who, 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 who convokes you out of office? Madam Congressman, I am not elected official. I can't be voted out of office. No, you cannot, can you? Agent, you have a degree in political science and law. Agent, why do we call elected officials by their honorific such as congressman or senator? Why do we do that? Or president, vice president? Ma'am, it's to respect the office. Why? Because they represent the people. Indeed, that's correct. D do you, who do you represent, agent? Because I represent the people of South Carolina and my, my colleagues represent the people of Montana and Idaho. We are elected officials. Is it your position, agent, that the American people who elected us don't get to hear you answer questions because this is not oversight with which you are comfortable? Is that is that your testimony today, agent? 
that the FBI will not answer to the uh, to, to the electorate, to the to the constituencies, to the American people, to they the people? Is that your position today? Make them reveal what they are. Make it bear weight. Create a cost when they don't answer questions, because you hear more from this guy deceiving as we roll on. Get a very nice uh, package coffee in the mail uh, from Bone Frog Coffee. And it's pretty impressive now watching the number of people who on a regular basis have Bone Frog as part of their life. See, we at, uh, when we started the podcast and God blessed us with a great kickoff and, and we were able to reconnect with a lot of listeners from KTTH and, and get that, that podcast feedback so we can bring you this information every day. We made, a, uh, we made a pledge. Some of the pledges are financial that we tithe. Uh, we reinvest the monies that we get from the show. I reinvest 10%. Uh, my partners reinvest 5% into trying to grow the show. And that's why you'll see the Gab ads running and some other ads running out to gain new listeners. But we also made a decision to help smaller companies grow. But they had to be great companies. So Bonefrog Coffee struck me as an incredible opportunity and it came in such a godly way that a friend of mine, a dear, dear friend of mine with whom I partnered on many, many a legal and moral scheme said, hey, I just met this guy named Tim Cruikshank. You need to meet him. And he started a coffee company and that was, guys, that was the very, very beginning. Since then, I've become addicted to Bonefrog Coffee. As you know, I had a routine every morning of going to a coffee shack and I loved it. I loved the young people who work there. I just found out one of them's getting married to her boyfriend, finally. <laughs> this is the joke between us. And I don't go there anymore because my loyalty is to Bonefrog because of the taste of the coffee, because Tim is a 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL, um, and because they reinvest into the SEAL community. Monies for the families of fallen SEALs, people who gave their lives to this country. They didn't lose them. They gave them. And they do everything they can to hire vets and to work with veteran-owned vendors. And did I mention the coffee? Yeah, it is. One of the roasts is actually done by Dave Stewart, a coffee legend, and he consults on the other roasts. Yes, it's available in K-Cup. Yes, there's espresso. Yes, there's French French press. Yes, there's drip. It's bonefrog.us. Make sure you use the .us, bonefrog.us. That way Tim and I know where the goodies are coming from. So this agent who, uh, who snaked his way through refusing to answer questions of the American people through their elected representatives, he gets away with this because he's allowed to get away with it. And part of this is a belief. And there's all sorts of calculus that goes into this. But just like President Trump showed that you have to take the media on full force. Just as she showed that. And now you see other pol- politicians, Republicans doing this. There's calculus that goes into this that people, that they're still thinking, well, people respect the FBI. Don't go too hard at them. Don't accuse them of lying. People respect the FBI. No, they don't. People don't respect federal agencies anymore. The federal agencies have decided to, for, to, to do away with that respect. They're not interested in having it. They would rather be disrespected. I know that because they're acting in disrespectful ways. I know that because they're breaking the law. I know that because they are, um, they're corrupt. So we know these things. 
So he gets to snake through this because there is no cost to snaking through it. So that when, if Trump or DeSantis, God willing, is president, they need to work with Congress and the Senate to make sure they don't get to snake away that way. So you immediately put the cost. The cost is this. You are speaking to the American people. It is the American people asking the question. You are speaking to your bosses. You're not speaking to co-equals. You're not a co-equal of ours. You are a bureaucrat. We are elected officials. You were told to come here, so you came here. We're telling you to answer the questions on behalf of the people who elected us. No one elected you. I need to say it in a rude way, but you need to say it in a very, very clear way, because if you don't... How many FBI informants, agents, respectively, were involved in that operation? I'm not going to comment about uh, that particular case. How much did the FBI spend on it? It's an ongoing case. It's set for retrial, um, so I'm not going to comment on it. The, the alleged Whitmer plot was announced October 7, 2020, within a month before the U.S. presidential election. How come that timing for the FBI's announcement of this, of this plot? Uh, that's an ongoing case. I'm not going to comment on it. I can tell you that in every case, uh, we follow the facts and the evidence and the law, and we do so without regard to politics or ideology. The FBI's got a notorious history on exactly that kind of thing, and you have no comment about that Gentleman's exposure of that during the month before the presidential election or the Gentleman's propriety of doing it. time has expired. The gentlewoman from Pennsylvania. I'll let him answer the question. Usually that's the practice, is he gets to oh. answer the question that I've posed. Did you have a question? Yeah, I did ask a question. Just okay, that. yes, you may answer the question. That's an ongoing case. It's set for a retrial. The judge has set it for a retrial, so I'm not going to comment further. That's what he gets to do without putting the weight of the American people on him, without establishing the constitutional order, without framing it so that he is speaking to the American people, that they are asking the questions. And I say this because we talked last week about people who are not yet hypnotized. They haven't yet fallen into the despair trap that's set by the party. They're not yet ready to live in the authoritarian world being set up by the party. So they, they hang by their fingertips to what America is designed to be, a nation under God. Those people hanging by their fingertips, if they fall, they fall into a world where they forget that there is a constitutional order, that the presidency is not the boss. The president is not the boss of government. He's one of three branches. There is no boss of government unless you count the Constitution and us. They will fall into this. So they'll view this as adversaries questioning each other. They'll view this as the FBI, which is a boss, and Congress, which is a boss. If they fall, we can't let them fall. So Trump and DeSantis, if they're elected, they have to reorder in people's minds what this means. And what it means to operate the nation as I think God inspired the nation to be created. I believe the United States is created in, in, under inspiration of the Lord because it recognized God at the very beginning. And at the very beginning, it recognized, they recognized in our founding documents, you don't get to mess with the rights given people by virtue of God. That's God's property. You don't get to do that. So I believe that there was this inspiration. If we can return to this and we can return to that order, 
we have a chance at the greatest consolation prize in history, which is rescuing the United States of America. More importantly, if we then adopt these behaviors in our day-to-day life and live as, as godly believers, then the great prize of, of getting to heaven and being with Jesus forever. The Federalist continues to just knock it, knock it way off, way out of the ballpark. Man, it's the day for me to use cliches. Margot Cleveland is becoming one of my very favorite writers. And I've had her on before and I should have her on again, but she, she told me, I don't really like doing radio. I'm, I'm a writer. She has a piece in the Federal, uh, Federalist that says this. The FBI's false labeling of Biden's laptop as disinformation is even worse than it seems, and here's why. The scandal is no longer just about the Biden family. It's about every member of the law enforcement and intelligence community who puts our country at risk by failing to do their jobs. FBI whistleblowers claim that agents opened the sham investigation into Hunter Biden to brand reliable and verifiable derogatory evidence as disinformation, according to this explosive news release issued by Chuck Grassley from Iowa. If true, beyond exposing the FBI's role in running cover for the Biden family, the whistleblower's claims prove significant for a second reason. By failing to thoroughly vet the evidence in its possession related to Hunter Biden, which included the hard drive for the MacBook Hunter had abandoned at a repair shop, the intelligence community ignored a momentous national security threat, namely that Russians potentially possessed a second Hunter Biden laptop. Late Monday, Grassley issued a news release citing multiple FBI whistleblowers, including those in senior positions who raised the alarm about tampering by senior FBI and Department of Justice officials in politically sensitive investigations. Investigative activity involving derogatory information on Hunter Biden's financial and foreign business activities, according to Iowa Republican, though Iowa Republican. Whistleblowers allege that Washington field office assistant special agent in charge, Timothy Tybalt and other FBI officials sought to falsely portray the, as disinformation evidence acquired from multiple sources that provided FBI derogatory information about Hunter Biden's financial and foreign business activities. That's already been verified, even though some of it had already been verified. And what makes this so bad is not just that. She writes, if the FBI's uh, whistleblowers charge, if accurate, are devastating, mean that at a time that Hunter Biden was already reportedly under investigation by the, U- the, the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office, rather than work with the agents already investigating then-candidate Joe Biden's son, FBI headquarters initiated its own false assessment. Let me remind us of something here. Margo doesn't draw this together. I do. I don't want to put words in her mouth. The FBI refused to work with the CIA. There were FBI agents hearing about people who only wanted to learn how to take off in jets, not how to land. And they started saying there's a lot of Middle Eastern men showing up. They want to learn how to take off in a plane and how to land the plane. I'm probably how to take off in a plane and how to steer a plane, but not how to land it. And because of one of the, the chief, most ruinous bureaucrats in history, Jamie Gorelick and William Jefferson Blythe Clinton III, Slick Willie as Rush would call him, God rest Rush, they weren't allowed to coordinate. Boom, you get 9-11. The FBI did it then too. Now it's different in that it involved foreign adversaries, but this is a pattern. Everything about this is 
potential power. It's power to change the country. It's power to change our direction. It's power to get people to understand the massive lies that are being told. Potential power. I know President Trump has the attitude to use this. I don't know if if Ron DeSantis does. I don't know if DeSantis has the stomach to go at it with the FBI. Someone has to gain the stomach to do this. Have you been to uh, our Substack site? Uh, If you go to the ToddHermanShow.substack.com, every single day you'll get the show notes there. Now, I bring this up because from time to time, and I got a lot of them this week and said, hey, where do I get your show notes? I mean, the easiest way to do it is go to the ToddHermanShow.com and just subscribe to Substack. But just to give it flat out to you, it's the ToddHermanShow.substack.com. Now, why did we pick Substack? Because they have yet to do anything to censor anybody. That's why we picked them. So the show notes contain like this audio, that's all in video form. Everything we use in terms of audio assets or video assets are yours. Every article that we source here, like some of the stuff I just quoted from Margot Cleveland, that's all there. Often when I do have time and I'm getting better at it, I will also go through and provide sort of a mini recap of the narrative of how I see these things. Also an opportunity for you to comment there. And as often as I can, I get in and interact in the comment section. So it's the toddhermanshow.substack.com. And if you sign up and let us do this, Substack will actually send you the show sheet in advance. So if you have time and it works with your schedule, you actually have this information before you listen to the podcast. Some people listen to it in the gym or as they're walking or working. Other people actually still sit and listen to it, which is awesome. In that case, you can actually click through the links as we go. Remember on the radio show, we used to talk about the Todd Herman Show home game, home board game. This is sort of the same thing. The other reason that this is so important is because we are learning and have evidence that the government is colluding with social media companies to force narratives. It's not a question anymore. It's not a theory. We now have the evidence. Freedom of Information Act requests have come out. We have evidence that the CDC did this with social media companies. Here's a post. We don't like it. Have it taken down. Censor the person. And it wasn't just Alex Berenson. It was a whole lot of people. And it still is. It just happened this past weekend. We'll talk about it next hour. A doctor who was defamed, in my judgment, by her hospital and she's suing them for 25 million bucks, she's been kicked off of Twitter for simply having a press conference and linking to it with a lawyer. Talking about what was done to her by Methodist Hospital. You'll hear about that next hour. So it's important because if this is true, and there is this level of coordination between the FBI and MSNBC, MSNBC just made themselves a participant in government. CNN just made themselves a participant in government. They, in my judgment, then have their First Amendment right stripped because they're acting now as agents of the state. If they are actual agents of the state, then they have, we have every bit of a reason to have oversight over them. So if we can prove and show this, and I'm not talking about going on a fishing expedition. We know the CDC does it. 
If President Trump and or Ron DeSantis get into the presidency or vice presidency in the case of DeSantis, if they get into that, they need to work with lawyers about every possible Freedom of Information Act request, demand for documents to see in what cases and in which ways the public relations departments of these government agencies, which, by the way, should not exist. That they, how did they interact with MSNBC? Because you will see that MSNBC has been carrying around the white supremacist national army of white supremacists ready to pounce to take over the country narrative because in my judgment, they were told to do that. And CNN has done the same exact thing, same exact talking points. It's very much like safest, very much like uh, health experts say the injections are safe and effective. Election experts say it was the safest, most secure election in history. Does the Republican Party no longer have a platform that's appealing to the American people that they can only exist in a crazy zone? And it is a failure, ultimately, of policy that is at the root of what has happened to the Republican Party. And it goes back, really, to race. The Republican Party failed to attract non-white voters. They never really came up with the policies that were necessary to prove to those who weren't white and like themselves that they could better their lives. And because of that failure, they had two ways to go. Either they could keep working and admit it was a failure, or they could just try to become a white extremist party and make it harder for other non-white voters to vote. And that's the choice they've made. And it's it's at the verge of potentially ripping America apart. They're on it on the race thing. They're in line on the national army of white supremacists ready to pounce. They're on it with everything except Black Lives Matter and Antifa or domestic uh, domestic terror. They're on it. It is. There's a reason I call them the Mockingbird Media because they repeat and amplify without a, without a hint of skepticism the positions and words of the party. We have everything we need. We have every breadcrumb we need to bring them in front of a panel of a committee. And when they say we're a private company and we have first amendment rights, you can say, you're not a private company. You interact on a weekly basis with government. You're repeating what you're told to repeat by government. And here's document after document after document, because someone somewhere has told CNN, Hey, it's time to soft pedal the Hunter Biden story. Oh, and I do mean soft pedal it up to and including, oh, poor Hunter is, is having problems paying his bills. Now, I mean, on one end of this, okay, good. They're, they're speaking about this. On the other end of it, here's how they're speaking about it. Politics lead as the U.S. attorney in Delaware weighs possible charges against the president's son, Hunter Biden. CNN's own investigation into Hunter has authenticated emails. Own investigation two years later into something you, Jake Tapper, and your network called disinformation. Gee, who said that? Oh, that's right, the corrupt FBI. Showing Hunter Biden struggled to pay bills despite bringing in a huge income. The president's son struggled with massive debt and a huge overdue tax bill. It remains unclear whether the back taxes revealed in these emails are the same tax issue that is part of the federal probe. CNN's Drew Griffin takes a closer look. The emails posted by a right-wing operative on the internet have... A right-wing operative, what are you? What is Jake Tapper? What is Wolf Blitzer? So right off the bat, 
hey, you know what? We got to start to provide cover on this. Let's make sure that we we get the information out in the way we want it, but let's make sure we frame it. What did we just talk about when questioning agents like Agent Matthew G. Olson of the FBI? Frame it properly. In this case, they're framing it for spin. Long been used as a political weapon against President Joe Biden. But it's his son, Hunter. Who's this is the same agency. This is the same federal agency, CNN, the federal agency, in my judgment, that used the entire Trump family. They used Trump hotels. Foreign dignitaries stayed at a Trump-owned hotel. It's not Trump-owned. They licensed the name. A Trump-licensed hotel. Facing potential federal charges. As CNN first reported, Prosecutors in Delaware are narrowing in on potential tax violations in their investigation of Hunter Biden. These emails, forensically authenticated for CNN, reveal Hunter Biden was repeatedly warned about deep debts and years of back taxes. This, despite having a lavish income that included as much as $50,000 a month for sitting on the board of Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. They could right there ask why. Why was he on the board of an energy company? I understand he's quite familiar with using, you know, fire and lighters to cook up meth. But 2019 spreadsheet sent to Biden from his assistant details more than half a million dollars in bills due or past due, including hundreds of thousands in taxes over several years. He was struggling. It's Hunter's ex-wife. Under a massive drug addiction. And that's heartbreaking and painful. In past interviews, both Biden and his ex-wife say Biden's financial issues became worse with the death of his brother and his drug use. (laughs) We always get Bo Biden into this because he was apparently the son who somehow perhaps wasn't sexually abused because it's my it sure seems like these other desperately ill young. Well, they're not young anymore. People were Ashley and Hunter. I went one time for 13 days without sleeping and smoking crack and drinking vodka exclusively throughout that entire time. Even if Hunter Biden- uh, Listen to this. Even if Hunter Biden's not charged- Is never charged with a crime, that won't matter to Republicans, especially those who may chair powerful committees if the Republican party wins the majority in Congress, like Kentucky Congressman James Comer, who promises a Hunter Biden investigation if he heads the House Oversight Committee. He promises an investigation into the foreign entanglements. Everything CNN pretended Trump did, Biden does. Everything they fantasized about Trump being the Biden family is. And if Ron DeSantis wins and it's not President Trump, Ron DeSantis, I'll be blunt, owes it to this country to complete the work. And this time, when I say dismantle the deep state, I mean frog marching. Nothing else is going to get us to where we need to go. And the unveiling of all of this, remember I said at the top of the show, such a radio guy, at the beginning of the podcast, that information is potential power. It's just that. It's potential But I've also said that we need to look at this in a less cynical sense. The Lord is revealing this information for us so we can make decisions. Part of it is spiritual. Folks, we live in a fallen nation, absolutely fallen. But we ourselves don't have to fall. And we live in a nation that is not short 
on great Christian people. We live in a nation that is not short on Christians who walk it. Now, I don't know Jim Harbaugh, football coach. I know he said something extraordinary to his team and his staff. We're not short on people like this. Discussion and how important it is. What would you do if a player or a female staff member yeah. of the Michigan football team came to you and said, Coach, I respectfully disagree with your stance. Can we discuss it? Yeah, that's 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 what uh, that's what we need to discuss it. Let's let's discuss it. Have have told them that, and uh, and, it, it, and it goes even further. I mean, uh, I've told same thing. I tell my 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 kids, boys, the girls. Same thing. I tell our our players, our staff members. Uh, you know, I would encourage them if they have if they have a pregnancy that's you know wasn't planned. Uh, you know, to go through with it. Go through with it. You know, let that, that unborn child be born. And if at that time you, know, you, you don't feel like you can care for it, you don't have the means or the wherewithal, then Sarah and I will take that baby. Any player on our team, uh, any female staff member, any staff member, or anybody in, in our family, our, our, uh, our, uh, our extended family <clears throat> that, that, that uh, doesn't feel like after they have a baby that they can take care of for it, we got a big house. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll raise that baby. We're a nation of 330 million people. And we're a nation of people of state that called uh, people uh, like Stacy or Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is a financially incredibly successful man. Never probably needs to work again. Probably retire tomorrow and live quite comfortably and probably spend a bunch of money quite comfortably. And he's a godly man, apparently, on this front. Speaking of life. Then there's Stacy's. Um, Stacy is a friend of mine. And Stacy is uh, what some people say is developmentally disabled. I will say that she is spiritually enlightened. People look at folks with Down syndrome or autism. Intellectually disabled, deficient. I will look at Stacy and say she is spiritually enlightened. And she has a way of thanking people for doing their duty. But it's in a beautifully sincere way. I saw her in a prayer group the other day and I don't always get to see her. And she said, Todd, Todd, I want to tell you, thank you for doing that podcast for me. You're, you're good at it. You're really good at it. Thank you. Why? Why would God gift the gift of clarity only to someone like Stacy? And she said things just as remarkable to other people. I shared with you once that a woman came to join our prayer group and she was there because her husband had just, just made terrible decisions and she was just being put through. She should never have been put through what she was put through. I'll, I'll stop it there. We were all praying for this lady and for her husband. And Stacy said, God, make her husband stop being mean. Why is he mean? You can say it's simple. 
And it is. And then we can remember the Lord Jesus said, love thy neighbor as thyself. Worship God with your whole heart and your whole soul. Love thy neighbor as yourself and all the other commandments hang on these. We're not short on Stacy's. We're not short on Harbaugh's. What we're short on is welcoming them in. Because right now, D.C. is owned by fallen people. God's opening the curtain. He's saying, I'm giving you some potential power. I've given my word. That is power. It can become power for you if you will live by it and love me. Well, we have the power, potentially, to have the greatest consolation prize in history, the rescuing of America, by welcoming the Stacys and the Harbaugh's into our homes and businesses and neighborhoods and into positions of power. Or not. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be thankful that the Lord has not left us bereft of great and good people. Made so because of him.